It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, October 26th. I'm excited that you guys are all here. And thank you so much for joining, those of you that are live. And then, of course, those of you that listen via audio, it's the same experience. I've tried to listen to different shows, and then sometimes I pop in over to the YouTube. I'm curious which one you guys prefer. I like to have a visual sometimes, but at the same time, the multitasking of just listening to a podcast is great on the go. It's nice that you have the option. And now you have the option on Spotify. So just another reminder that I have video on Spotify as well. So thank you guys so much for being here. Today we are going to talk all about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We have so much to talk about. Yesterday was a big, big day on Bravo. We have the Beverly Hills premiere. We have Watch What Happens Live after featuring Kyle. Um, I was about to say Kyle Mellencamp, which would be really funny. Kyle Richards and Teddy Mellencamp. That was a good one. Um, And then we have some other just like couple things to touch on. So just to give you guys a heads up, my Patreon is coming out today. Normally comes out Wednesday, but I wanted to finish the Britney Spears book because I really wanted to do a Britney Spears kind of a review, but more specific, right? More specific about what uh, what I thought about the book and just different little things, because I think I'm going to do a book club next week, a live Zoom. Hopefully you guys will be able to make it and you can get in there to get all the details. But I did listen to the book. I have about 10 more minutes left, so I'm really, really close to the end. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. I do. Um, I would say in general this, without getting specific, and this is no spoilers, okay? No spoilers. I want you guys to know, no spoilers, I promise. If you listen to the Patreon, there will be spoilers. That I can tell you. But here, I will tell you this. If every single thing that is said in the book is true, which I'm going to assume it at least is her version of the truth, because we all know when it's a memoir, there's always like the real version, like your version, your perspectives, the other person's or the other people's perspectives, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. But if what she is saying is true um, in its entirety, I would say that it's pretty freaking sad. The um, the whole kind of uh, experience of Britney Spears was such a roller coaster. And I don't know if it's because we're exactly the same age and I was going through my own kind of life changes. But there was a good portion of time where I I almost like, I feel like I blacked out on Britney Spears. I just wasn't interested. I wasn't following all the things. And those are the years that I'm very kind of surprised by a lot of things that went down. So it's a really, really crazy, sad, traumatic life that she lived. and. If you if you listen to it or if you read it, I'm curious if it gave you any more empathy or sympathy towards her. Did it make you question if she's telling the truth? Did it make you like her family less? Because that's really what it comes down to. Anyway, we will get into it on the Patreon, like I said, because I don't want to spoil it. A lot of you guys are still just getting the hard copies. And by the way, if you have the hard copy, it's so impossible to read an entire book in one day. Like, I have no idea. But the listening is the great part because it's five hours pretty much. And I listen on 1.2 speed. That's a really good tip, by the way. Michelle Williams reads the book. Um and so grateful for that. We've talked about that already. Michelle Williams is so good. She's such a she's such an actress, you know. But if you listen to it at 1.2 speed, it almost has a Britney twang. 
because I was listening to it in the shower this morning. Hmm, in case you're wondering what I do, I listen to Britney Spears in the shower. So I was listening to it in the shower this morning and I put the phone like in my, um, in my shower, like on the shampoo shelf. <laughs> and because of it's like an, it's like a box, not a box, but like it's a divot in the wall and it causes an echo. And I was listening and it was like, Britney Spears is talking. So that's what you got to do. Not only do you have to listen on 1.2, you then have to bring it to the shower. Okay. That's, that's how you listen to Britney Spears book. So I, I thought it was a really, really, um, it's an, it's a great read. And yes, I do believe there's a lot of haters already that are saying you cannot compare her writing style to just say Jessica Simpson's. Jessica Simpson wrote an incredible memoir and it was written so beautifully and like so poetically. Um, it's not the same. Britney Spears isn't as deep, I would say, as as maybe a memoir like that. So just bear that in mind because it's really not, um, I would say it stays pretty surface. You find out a lot of stuff, but it's pretty surface. Okay, so that will come later today. Hopefully you guys jump in there. Um, is there any other important things that I need to share about about the book or anything? I don't think so. So I will get to that later. Okay, meanwhile, yes, you guys notice I do have new wallpaper. I spent yesterday wallpapering my wall. Shout out Target for having wallpaper that is easy to apply. I mean, it's not perfect. I'm not going to lie. But if you're not in the room, you can't really tell, right? It just looks like fine. And I did it all day because I needed to distract myself from the craziness of this world. And seriously, wow, what a crazy time we were living in with the bad news just being thrown at us. And I saw something really interesting in case you're feeling overwhelmed. This is not about any specific story. This is about all the things. In case you're feeling overwhelmed, I want you guys to put it in perspective because I feel like all of us feel like our world is falling apart and like burning on fire in front of us. We are not used to having social media still, even though we've been doing it for now years. We're not used to this like constant information overload. Every single time you open your phone, you go down a path of like doom scrolling. And so I had to put my phone down and I was like, we, we will be okay. I will be, we will be okay. Put it down. And I just focused on working with my hands and listening to Brittany. It was actually a fabulous, fabulous way to spend the day, but we can't not talk about the fact that at 8 PM last night, Pacific time, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered and let's talk about it. Are you guys ready to talk about it? Um, so Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, is this your favorite cast? Is this your favorite franchise? Um, everyone has a different city that they love. I would say my favorite is OG Roni and Beverly Hills is next. And then Potomac, I'm, I'm catching back up and I'm loving it. And then I do really like, oh, this is tough. It kind of depends on the week, right? It depends on the week and it depends on the day of. So I uh, I do believe that that Beverly Hills is one of the best casts, although I've been in and out because I really couldn't stand Lisa Rinna. Like, and I am sure I'm not alone in this, right? But Lisa Rinna was beyond impossible for me to to like. And this is coming from someone that used to love Lisa Rinna, like the you know, days of when she was Billy on Days of Our Lives. I grew up, I feel like, watching Lisa Renna. And I've told you guys this story. I don't know if I told it over here on the public show, but 
I remember, um, you know, Lisa was on a lot of my casting lists when I used to be in casting. She would never, we would never really have her audition, but she would always be an offer. So we would offer her, you know, guest star roles and she actually never really took them. But, or I don't think she ever accepted any of the roles we offered her for all the shows we were on. But I remember running into her at the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf at the Beverly, at the Sherman Oaks Mall. And this was before the show aired when she was just cast. I have no idea how many years ago now. Six? Eight? Like it could have been 10. It could have been three. I have no idea. It was way before COVID. So I was there and I was grabbing a coffee and I saw her also waiting for her coffee. And you don't understand like, she was so not a big deal yet for anyone that was really not in the industry because she hadn't been on the show yet. So I went up to her and I said, Lisa, um, I'm a big fan. I used to watch you on Days of Our Lives. I'm a casting director and I'm so excited to watch you on Beverly Hills. And she's like, oh, I'm not sure you're going to love me after you see me. And I was like, really? And she's like, no, it was really fun. I hope people like me. I hope I did a good job. She was really, really sweet about it. And actually, I believe the first season she was on, it wasn't bad. I don't think she came off so badly the first season, but it just progressively got worse. And it got depressing. Last season of Beverly Hills was so damn depressing. I don't know if you guys remember all of the drama. Number one, the fighting and the Kathy Kyle drama. Sisterly and family relationships is always a real hot trigger. Look at Teresa and Melissa. Like people really don't. But these are blood sisters, right? So it was so, so hard to watch that. I hated Lisa Renna's involvement in that. I thought she was totally a shit stir. I thought she completely caused 99% of the problems between those sisters last season. And then finally, another part that I really hated about it was Sutton's treatment. I thought Sutton was treated so awfully last season that I almost had to stop watching. I truly, truly loved, I really like Sutton. And I know it may not be the popular or very popular. Sutton to me is just a breath of fresh, or as Teresa says, a fresh of breath. I really love her. I think she's fun. I think she's she doesn't take herself so seriously. I think she's a kook. I think she's a little bit like in her own world, but I enjoy her. I really do. And I think, I think maybe some of you guys agree. I love her. Now, we know who doesn't like her, but we'll get into that in a minute. So just to remind you kind of where we've left off on Beverly Hills, last season was real odd. Diana Jenkins, remember that really rich housewife? Thank God is gone because who liked her, right? She was so weird. And um, and I think she's – and Lisa Rinna obviously is gone. But Erica was awful last season, just awful, which we kind of find out a little bit why – but remember, she went through that whole scene with Crystal when they were, I think all the drama went down when they were up in Aspen or wherever they were with Kyle's family in Komasaki or what, what was the, the hat place that Kubas, um, I can't remember the name of the hat place. But anyway, so I think that, you know, Erica looked awful. She looked like she had absolutely no sympathy for anyone that her husband hurt in the process. She looked so selfish. I thought Lisa Rinna looked awful. And honestly, Kyle looked awful last season because Kyle was actually like a monster towards Sutton. I did not, Kimosabi, I did not enjoy seeing Kyle treat Sutton 
as awfully as she did last season. And Diana and that whole scene where we saw a little flashback last night when Diana was confronting Sutton and then Kyle was hammered and pulling Sutton's arm. It was bad, which I thought was interesting because the beginning of this season, we start with Eagle Woman. Now, you remember Eagle Woman. We've talked about Eagle Woman first seven minutes of the show that we got to watch last week. And Eagle Woman, I mean, I think Eagle Woman is somewhere back here in my wallpaper. She's hiding in the bushes. Eagle Woman is it's almost unbelievable that this is how the show started. I love the idea that the women got together and had to kind of hash out some of their issues, but I found it so weird. Like the whole ego woman, like, oh, if you're not watching, I'm hitting a fake drum. It was awkward. But anyway, they have this meeting over at this beautiful home, this backyard where all the women are coming together. Did you guys find this interesting? We got to see Dorit at home with PK. PK eating 14 bags of chips, which we'll talk about PK and Dorit in just a moment. We got to see a little bit of Erica kind of describing how where she is right now and her situation. We got to see the the letter that Lisa Rinna wrote where she can't she like left the show, although we know that she changed her mind, but she still was gone. We got to see um who else is on that show? We got to see Garcelle and Sutton driving towards the Eagle Woman. You know, we got to see kind of like an intro with all of them. We didn't get to see anything with Crystal. Did you guys like find that interesting? Crystal was like a forgotten character yesterday. She didn't get one confessional. She didn't get one like solo moment. She was just a group scene. She was almost like a friend of and even less than. Like she hardly spoke. So very interesting. I thought it was a little weird. So anyway. They have this kind of hash out moment. Erica Jane walks in so damn skinny. It was almost like crazy when you saw a flashback and then you saw her now. And of course, the flashback was when she was talking to her therapist and she was like, no makeup, like rosacea, just puffy looking. And then, of course, she looks amazing now, by the way, later. And I don't want to, you know, jump too forward. But she had a confessional look where she had the cutest little Bob, it was like this. And I said, oh my gosh, I need to bob my hair. You guys think I should bob it like Erica Jane? It was so cute and it made her look so, I don't get with these women, the big hair. Are we over this, Shannon Bedore? Are we over the big hair? When can we just get back to natural, small, sweet hair? Okay. Anyway, she, because I feel like it ages her. I feel like she looked so much prettier and just more natural with that cute bob. Um, so, yeah, she comes in skinny as all. And Kyle, of all people, miss, don't ask me about if I'm on Ozempic. Don't, you know, don't ever, you know, ask a woman about her weight is like, you are so skinny. Wow, the incredible shrinking woman. I can't believe you're so skinny. You're so skinny. You're so skinny. And so I thought to myself, like, this is, this is, you know how they say it on the show, this is rich. Well, that's rich. Coming from Kyle, who later on will talk again about a body issue later on. Watch what happens live. You guys, I'm going to be really honest today. I'm just going to put it out there. I love you guys so much and I feel safe here. So I'm going to be really honest about my feelings. And it's not going to all be very nice. Okay. But they're on a reality show. And I feel like we can talk about this. But anyway, and then Crystal, who we know had an eating disorder, was like, I want to be the incredible shrinking woman. It was so uncomfortable, right? They go outside, they have this hash out moment. Now, Dorit, who looks like a completely different character with her brown hair, like really she looks like a different person. It's unbelievable how much her hair changed her look completely. Well, she approaches Erica in front of Eagle Woman and thank God Eagle Woman was, woman was there because it could have gotten a lot of, 
lot worse. Eagle Woman is actually, you know what? Maybe we get Eagle Woman, Heather McDonald, and Jeff Lewis in a room and see what happens. There could be some resolve, right? So then we get Erica and Dorit having a hash out conversation about Erica's, you know, big bombshell that she said that she thinks Dorit and PK are going to separate at BravoCon a year ago. Now, I'm trying to kind of piece together when they filmed this, and I wish they had dates on everything, especially with the later on conversation between Kyle and Mauricio. Dying to know when they had that conversation. But I'm assuming it was earlier this year, and I'm assuming it was maybe like February, March. It's kind of hard to know. There's no, I mean, we see it was cold, but I really don't think, I mean, is it possible it was before the end of the year? Maybe it was that. Maybe it was before the end of the year. Filmed in February. Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, I want dates on every single scene, don't you guys? I want timestamps. I want dates. I want to know. I want to know location. I want to find out everything. A lot of you sleuths, by the way, Instagram sleuths and and TikTok sleuths have like put together when Kyle's daughters were wearing certain outfits and had certain colored nails in that family scene and placed it together. Dying to know. So anyway, they have this conversation. And she says, Erica, that was really not cool. Like it was not done in a nice way. And Erica comes up with such a, I'm not a huge Erica fan. Okay. I just, I I lack the likability factor and I need someone to have a likability side. And I think every single one of those housewives has a likability side and I have yet to find Erica's. I'm still like, I can see her as a character and that is cool, but I would never want to be in her life as a friend. Right. So then Erica is like, I, it was a show. I'm a showman. <laughs> I'm a showman. I'm the greatest American showman. And I just was performing. I was giving, the, I was giving the audience what they want. Dorit. And then Dorit did a whole um, impersonation and she said, Erica, you're not a showman. You're a bitch. It was good TV. Dorit had some good liners in that one. So then we went on to, um, then we went on to a couple of other conversations and this is where it was a little confusing. Kyle's big storyline this year will definitely be her separation from Mo. That being said, she seems to be spending a lot of energy and a lot of time talking about what led her to this, which was the breakdown between her and Kathy last season and her friends not being there for her. So they go back to the reunion. They do a few flashbacks of when she was having major drama with her sister. And she was crying hysterically, even though Kathy was really actually getting thrown under the bus. And she felt like it was not fair because Sutton and Dorit, her two closest friends on that set, didn't come right over to her and give her hugs and give her loves. Loves. Give her love. Okay. Number one, it's a reunion, okay? Number two, it was so uncomfortable that entire episode. Remember, she just like couldn't stop crying and she was there dealing with her sister. It was like stuff between her and her sister and Lisa Rinna. So I can understand why Sutton and Dorit wouldn't want to immediately rush on over to her, to her. And two things about this. Number one, you do see a clip in the flashback that Dorit did go to Kyle backstage. So at some point to talk to her about it. So she did go to her. And secondly, Sutton, why should Sutton go out of her way for Kyle? I'm sorry. I have yet to see Kyle being such a good friend to Sutton. I don't think she is. I have not seen Kyle being a good friend to Sutton in forever. 
I feel like she hates Sutton. I feel like she makes fun of her. I feel like she's, you know, kind of cold with her, rude with her, demeaning to her. So I don't understand why Sutton would need to jump up and, and love on Kyle in this moment. Kyle was a bitch to her last season. Just saying. Anyway, Kyle was focusing so much on that. And it, to me, it feels like deflection. It feels like we know there's something going on and she's pouring it out about, you know, Kathy and and all of that. Now, I think she and Kathy are fine in this current day and age, like in October of 23. They were at Morgan Wade's concert last week. And I think that these two just have an insanely toxic sisterly relationship. I mean, Kyle has it with both of her sisters. And it's not the housewife's fault. It was before the housewives and it will be after the housewives. There is no way that Kyle and Kathy are going to be like uh, hunky-dory from now on until, you know, the end of history. I think they just have this relationship unless Mauricio was really at the core of the issues between Kyle and her sisters, which I have a feeling it is. And now if we've gotten rid of Mo number one and brought in Mo number two, it's possible that things will be easier and more free and fine between all the sisters. All right. So I'm trying to think of anything big else happened in that scene. Not really. Crystal was just like the mute one in the corner. Didn't say a word. Um, Garcelle was kind of silent during that too. She did mention to Kyle, like it was confusing to us. We didn't really know. Like we didn't really know what was going on. So, Okay. Then a couple other things that, that I found, you know, sweet. I love Garcelle. I really do. I love Garcelle. And Garcelle had such a beautiful conversation with her, her sons on the beach. And I felt for her. I really did because I do get the feeling, and of course we're just seeing a TV show, but I get the feeling that Garcelle is a very loving mom. I've always gotten that feeling. Have you guys gotten a different feeling? Like I wouldn't say the same about maybe some other housewives, but about Garcelle, I've always felt like she's very, she loves her boys. She's very much there for them. She loves them. And so I thought it was interesting that one of her sons was like, they're twins. And I bet they're like 16, 17. I don't know. 15? But one of the sons was obsessed about his girlfriend. So that's kind of all he cared about. And he wasn't really interested in having some super emotional conversation. But the other son with the shorter hair, and I can't remember his name, maybe Jackson? I can't remember. Straight up said to Garcelle, like, I don't need you as a parent anymore. I needed you a few years ago. Because Garcelle was saying that she always is trying to be there for him if he's injured or if he needs something, like she wants to be there and he doesn't need her anymore. Oh my God, as a mother, especially as like a mother who's trying, not like a shitty mother, I don't think Garcelle is a shitty mother. And I actually feel like maybe it's a testament to their closeness that they can have that conversation, but no mom wants to hear that. I really felt bad for her. I felt... I just hope that it didn't like affect her too much. And hopefully he understands that like she's trying her hardest and that is so important with parents. I would rather, I would rather my shitty, like I have a dad who I don't talk to at all. And I've completely, we've, I cut him out of my life finally when I grew up and realized how toxic it was. But I wish my whole entire life, I wish he would have at least like taken responsibility and apologized for not being who I wanted him to be and take like accountability for it and try his hardest, even if he couldn't do it. So I think that that means a lot. And so hopefully that that heals. Also, you know, she does work and a lot of, you know, this industry takes you out of town. And by the way, their dad, who I think she has a really good relationship with, I have a feeling 
can't remember exactly what he is, but he's definitely in the industry. I think he's a big agent, a talent agent. And I'm sure he works his ass off too. But every kid goes through these stages. Like, I love my dad more. I love my mom more, especially if there's a divorce. And you pit them against each other. And I did it too when I was in high school. My dad was the easy one because my dad, like, such a shitty dad, but he would like buy me cigarettes and let me be like easy and no, no rules. And my mom cared about me more and wanted to, you know, put rules on me a little bit more. And so who do you think I chose to like want to hang out with? It was my dad, but he was the shit dad, you know? So I find it really interesting. Okay. I love that scene. We had a Sutton scene with Jennifer Tilly. And if you guys are Jeff Lewis fans, Jennifer Tilly has been on Jeff Lewis a couple of times. If you put Sutton and Jennifer Tilly in a room, you see two of the same. You see two wackadoos. wackadoos. Okay. These two women are just like, I don't know. They're just fleeting flighting through lives. Like they're just kind of, when I see, I don't know how to explain it, but they're both living in their own almost universe and they're just silly and wild and maybe inappropriate and funny and people probably don't understand them that much, like, but it works. The two of them are kind of, you know, it was a little bit like Laverne and Shirley, the two of them together. I thought it was a cute little conversation. Um, but now hearing Sutton and Jennifer Tilly are that close, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense how they're so close. I thought it was um, a cute little pairing. And I'm glad that Sutton has like another person to hang out with to show just a little bit more of her own side. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Laura just reminded me the salted caramel for an earplug. The fact that they kept that in. So S Sutton was saying that she was on a flight with Jennifer and she thought it was her earplug and she put it in her ear and like they were, they melted in her, her ears and she couldn't take them out. Okay. Either you are high as F because a salted caramel is not soft enough for an earplug. Like think about trying to actually stick that in and it would stick to your hands. Maybe very drunk which we find out later that uh, allegedly, according to Teddy, Sutton has bottles of vodka in her purse. We'll get there soon. So of course, the scene that everyone has been waiting for was the scene between Kyle and, oh, we did have a couple other scenes of Erica and her therapist and whatever. Okay. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But the scene between Kyle and Mauricio. Okay. We could do an entire episode on the scene just to give you an, a little bit of a, um, just like a recap. The scene takes place in their house and it is the most, when I say awkward, when I say Ako Taco, when I say what the actual F, when I say what is the scripted scene, it was crazy. Number one, I get a weird vibe that it was not filmed in February at the same time as this for some weird reason. I could be wrong, but for some re weird reason, I think this scene was filmed closer to maybe the summertime and they like inserted it, it inserted it earlier because they need to wrap up this storyline of why and how are things getting weird. So, we see Kyle sitting there with Mauricio. Number one, the whole setup is so interesting because she's like organizing in her, you know, living room, waiting for him to get off his phone. He's in the office right by her. And by the way, if you guys have a husband that has a business or works really hard, um, and I don't know if you could say the same for like if you have a wife that does, but maybe it is. I just know in my experience, I have a husband who works really hard and is constantly on the phone. It's really annoying. 
<laughs> I don't know about you guys, but when I'm at home and my husband's on a work call and he's like in my house, in my house, not her house, but in the house. And even if he's in one room, it's like it's so loud, but Lance likes to talk and walk. So he'll be walking from room to room, having a conversation. Like I'm like, I'm just trying to watch big brother. You know, we also have a very small house compared to Kyla Mauricio. Remember, like they have a huge house. Anyway, she's waiting for him and he's in his office with like, you know, talking to his assistant. Hey, I got to schedule this and Porsche and Portugal and we got to go to and golf and whatever. And you can see her frustration. We've never really seen this. We have never, ever in all the years of Beverly Hills, we've seen Kyle hate on her friends. We've seen Kyle be really frustrated with her sisters. We've seen Kyle be annoyed about certain things, Lisa Vanderpump, et cetera. But usually and 99% of the time, her relationship with Mauricio has always come off very loving, very fun light and light, very um, friendly. You know, she'll laugh at his his things. Like it, normally, if this was the case in old season, she'd be like, Mauricio, I'm waiting. Hello. Come on, babe. Let's go. You know, should we keep it light? It was like she was pissed. She had no interest whatsoever in having this conversation with him. And she was like, are you going to be done with this phone call? So apparently they've scheduled a conversation to talk about their schedule, which she says is not good. But also it's very needed when you're when you have a busy life. It doesn't seem that crazy to me if I said to Lance, hey, what are you doing this morning? We need to talk about certain things, you know? Anyway, so they have this conversation and it's cold as all. She's sitting there like this, hands, hands, you know, uh, crossed. His face is like, huh? What? What's happening? It, there is definitely not a vibe of like, hi, baby. You know, and he tries at the beginning. He's like, hi, honey. You know, he talks like that. Hi, honey. And she says, um, and she says, hi. And he goes, how many, how many tattoos do you have? Which was the weirdest fucking conversation ever. Because even if you wanted to know how many tattoos your partner had, would you say it on camera? So weird. It felt very scripted to me. So she was like, I have this one. 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 Okay. He says, five? Wow, I only knew about the three. And she goes, maybe you should look at my body more often. Ouch, burn. And also, she doesn't want him looking at her body. You can tell. She is halfway out the door. She's never hated this man more than this moment. This conversation was so weird. It was like she was being forced to have a conversation with her husband. He says, hey, should we go to Portugal for Portia spring break? We can kind of make it a thing. And she's like, no, can't, can't. I have way too many things going on. I'm too busy. Well, in the past, she would have never said that. We think, I think Kyle has always, you know, prioritized family time and wanted to, wanting to spend time together. So it was clearly a moment where there was definitely some sort of a shift. That's why I think it happened a lot later, like closer to the actual separation, although they were separated before, let's be honest. So then, um, you know, he mentions about the tattoos. He's like, how many more are you going to get? You're done, right? And she goes, Maybe more. I don't know. It's my body. And he, then he calls her love bean, which he said that two times. And the only reason I know it was love bean is because I had the subtitles on because I couldn't understand what he was saying. I thought he was saying lovey and then love bee. And I was so confused. Love, love bean. He goes, love bean. I think it's enough. And she goes, it's my body. I can do what I want. No one can tell me what to do with my body, including you. And he goes, love bean. 
um, something along the lines of, you know, I understand that you're, because she was like, I'm at a place right now where I don't owe anything to anyone. I don't know, I owe anything. And he was trying to be understanding, but he also said, listen, yes, and let's not be rebellious here. Okay, this is very, very triggering for a lot of you guys. I've seen this in, in the comments on Facebook already. A lot of you guys think, WTF, if my husband ever told me not to get more tattoos, I would say, go F yourself. I get it. And. I don't think if he said, I forbid you from getting more. And if you get more, I will cut off your credit cards or I will divorce you. That is effed. But I don't know about you guys. If Lance started to change his body, like all of a sudden started to go from zero tattoos to five tattoos within a year and said, I want to get more, I would also be like, what's going on? It's like enough, right? Enough. When you choose someone to live your life with, when you choose someone to marry, you have to accept them for who they are and you have to let them kind of fly free and be who they are. But it doesn't mean that you can't have a conversation about that. And I personally feel like when you're married to someone, he is seeing Kyle, he sees her attitude and he sees this kind of like rebellious side of her. He sees that like now she's spending all her time in the gym. Things are changing. It would make sense that he was like, what's going on? Enough with the tattoos. Like talk to me. What I think this was where he basically was saying, like something is obviously off. So what's going on? And I wish more than anything, and maybe we'll see scenes of this, but I wish more than anything she could say in this scene, we're off. I'm not happy with you. You've been cheating on me for years. You've been off, you know, building your business and completely forgot about me. I've been feeling neglected. I've been feeling bored. I've been feeling unfulfilled. And I am not invested in this marriage right now. I wish you would have said that. And instead, she was just cold about the tattoos. I don't want to vilify Mauricio that much. I do think it came off a little bit controlling. But if a woman said that to her husband, do you guys think you'd feel the same way? I'm just being honest right? If a woman said, like Dorit said to her husband, stop eating the chips. She pulled, the, she pulled them away from him in two seconds. Did we, is anyone talking about that? Like, I feel like women can say a lot to their husbands and it's okay. And if a man says something like that to his wife, it's immediately controlling. And so I'm, it's tricky. That's what I'm saying. It's tricky. And I know this is a polarizing issue. So I'm curious from you guys. I just think maybe he shouldn't have said, don't get any more. Maybe he should have said, are you planning on getting more? Can we talk about this? Like, why? What are they doing for you? What do they make you feel? Because I'm a little worried that you're going to get things, too many tattoos and regret it. You know, you're going to be, you're a mom and a grandma and whatever. So I don't know. I, I, I find it really, really interesting, um, the conversation. You know, Mauricio is also Jewish, not to say that this is a thing, but like symbolically, a lot of Jews, not all, many, many Jews get tattoos, including one day I probably will get some sort of a tattoo. So I have no judgment on tattoos, 
but there may be some part of Mauricio that still connects tattoos, unless he has one. Does he have one? Maybe he connects his ta- like tattoos from being, hey, like in the culture of Judaism, maybe it's um like it's not really appropriate to get so many tattoos. I'm just like, I'm just hypo- hypothesizing. Or maybe he knows at this point that her best friend is Morgan Wade, which she is at this point, even in February, March. And he sees how tatted up she is. And maybe he's panicking that she wants to look like Morgan Wade because he's not down to be married to a woman who's tatted from her neck down. So I don't know. Okay. At this point, we have no idea if Mauricio knows anything or suspects anything about Morgan Wade. I'm assuming he's not an idiot. And I'm assuming he does have a feeling something is afoot. I think it's two things that happened here. I think Kyle finally, okay, this is just my thoughts. You guys all want to say like, Donna never has her opinions. Okay, here's my opinion. It's my opinion. I think two things happened at the exact same time. I think Kyle would have stayed in that marriage until she died. I think she would have been completely Um, maybe not emotionally fulfilled and maybe not perfectly happy, but I think she loves her life and I think she loves her family and I think she loves the, the scene of the Umanskis and the house and the dogs and the life. I think she would have been happy to stay in that marriage forever. Assuming that these rumors have been around since season one and she is stuck with it happily for 13 seasons. But she met someone who made her feel something. And if anyone out there has ever been in this experience, you know that when you feel something with someone, nothing else matters, right? When you have those relationships or that connection or that emotional feeling with one other person, all of a sudden your common sense or your thought process about what you wanted and what you prioritized before is out the window. And I really think that that happened. I think two things happened at once. The only thing that was holding Kyle into that marriage, I think, was not knowing that there was a life outside of it. Being scared of what could be out there if she was a single woman. And then what happened was she met someone who gave her a feeling of life could be this amazing. And now she's like, F you, Mauricio. Because I, I actually am in love with someone else. I'm in love with someone else. I am happy somewhere else. I see the light. I don't need the shit. So that's what I think. That's what I think. So right after, of course, we have Watch What Happens Live. So two things. Number one, well, 15 things, actually. A lot of you guys are wondering why Teddy Mellencamp was there. Here's my guess. I have not talked to Teddy about this. Here's my guess. Teddy... What I had heard was that Morgan Wade was going to be there, okay? I had heard it from a couple different sources. I think she was supposed to be there. She's not currently on tour. She's not performing until January. I think maybe in the last few weeks, things switched around, and now Morgan, for whatever reason, maybe Morgan's people pulled out. Maybe Kyle realized it's not a good look for her. Who knows? She decided to not be part of the show, and Kyle said, if I'm flying to watch what happens live and appearing on live TV for the first time between – 
after all of this stuff has come out and I'm like, all eyes are on me. I want someone there that is going to have my back. I want someone there that is going to love on me, that is going to, you know, protect me. And I'm not doing it unless I have someone like that. And the only person that makes sense there is, is, um, Teddy. It doesn't make sense to have any of the other housewives there. I don't think that any of the other housewives she can trust as much as she can trust Teddy. Teddy is her backbone. Teddy is her like punching guard. Teddy would go to war for Kyle Richards. I mean, if you don't see that already, like open your eyes because Teddy literally on her own job, her own job is a podcaster and that's where she makes her money, decided she wouldn't be able to talk about Kyle Richards separation on her podcast. This is a woman that will literally put her friendship with Kyle above her career. And this is where it gets a little confusing. And yes, I know Teddy. And yes, I have a lot of mutuals with Teddy, but I still believe in Daily Dose of Donna. So I am here to explain to you what I think. I think Teddy is doing the dirty work and she's lying through her teeth for more for, for Kyle. And I think it's so obvious. And maybe I'm crazy and maybe I'll be wrong. But I think that it's so interesting to me because I feel like someone DM me today. I wish I remembered who it was. Maybe it was. I, I don't want to call you out, but here's what I think. I think Teddy is the new Tom Schwartz to Tom Sandoval. This is what she told me. And I was like, there you go. Do you guys remember when Tom Sandoval, Tom and Tom were on Watch What Happens Live and they were so awkward and they were so uncomfortable. And this was during the affair. Tom Schwartz knew about it. Tom Sandoval had Raquel hiding in his hotel room. And Tom Schwartz was like awkwardly lying for Tom. This is what I felt like I saw last night. Because you could see it in, in Teddy's face every single time there was a question asked. Kyle is a better actress than Teddy, in my opinion. And so Kyle was sitting there and she was trying to, you know, okay, number one. So did, they both looked good. Kyle's gotten some stuff done to her face. She She's never looked more like Kathy Hilton in yesterday's show. She's like a brunette Kathy Hilton. It's interesting. Um, Teddy looked very pretty. Didn't love the outfit, but I thought Teddy looked gorgeous. Kyle, Kyle um, was asked immediately from Andy about the Mauricio thing. And she basically said, we're separated. This is what we found out. We're separated. We're still living under, under the same roof in different rooms. Now, remember, they have a, like a huge home. So it's not like, it's not like if Lance and I lived in the same house. It's much bigger than Tom and Ariana's house too. It's huge. Um, she said that she asked for the separation. <clears throat> Remember what I just said a few minutes ago? Rewind the tape. Of course she did because she found someone else, in my opinion. I don't think she would have separated just to stay single. Um, then, she, uh, then she said that um, about her relationship with Morgan. This is where she said we're very, very good friends. She didn't say I'm not in a relationship with her, but she said, we're very, very good friends. We're all on a group chat together. We talk about Wordle. We Wordle together in the mornings. Okay. Then she said, you know, no one would ever think there was anything unless she didn't, if she didn't have the tattoos. Bull. If she was spending all her time with Teddy, who was a single woman and also a lesbian, but she was spending all her time with this young, single woman who happens to be a lesbian. I don't care if she has tattoos or green hair. It looks weird, right? I think everyone would question it no matter who she, how she looks. 
you know, someone else said something really interesting to me in a DM. You guys are the best in my DMs. One of you guys said the most telltale sign of why we know that Morgan and Kyle are actually together is because Morgan, who's always in a relationship, she's had so many ex-girlfriends we've heard over the years and hookups, has been single for 18 months. And this woman that wrote me was like, trust me, as a young lesbian woman, a single lesbian woman who's out on tour, a country singer, you're not single. You don't stay single for long. You find someone. Isn't that interesting, right? I thought to myself, hmm, that is kind of interesting. So I, I, this whole idea and this whole, you know, projection of like, people have said that about me and Teddy. The only difference is that number one, you're not gallivanting around the world and going on tons of vacations and just to, you know, be on the side of Teddy, Teddy speaking. And number two, Teddy is like happily married and posting constantly about her husband and her family. So no, it's not the same. And I, I find it really, really interesting. I find it like a strange deflection. Now, that being said, um, when he asked her about how she felt about Mauricio and Emma holding hands, so Emma Slater is the Dancing with the Stars partner, I truly do believe it was hard for Kyle to see. When Kyle like was flustered and saying it really did hurt her feelings, of course it did. Because I actually don't know if Kyle's 100% over Mauricio. I think that she's swept up in this new life and this new relationship, but I do believe that there's a little portion of her that is sad to imagine that Mauricio also has moved on or will move on. You know, I think a lot of people do that. They break up, but then they don't want to see their ex with someone else. But you can't ask for a separation and then gallivant around with like another person and be in a music video where you're basically making out and like naked with each other and feeding each other strawberries and then get like, I guess you can get upset, but it's also you have to understand that like that's part of life. What I really wish you would have done was say something along the lines of, listen, it hurt to see, but I also want him to be happy. I love him, I care about him, and I want him to be happy. That way, she doesn't look like the poor victim. She just looks like this sucks, but I really have the best intentions for him. So that if and when she comes out with Morgan Wade, it will look like, you know, I want him to be happy and I want him to be happy for me. That's honestly what I think. I don't know. So the last thing that I have to say about, you know, that that Watch What Happens live appearance was the mention of Dorit and PK. I reported yesterday morning that Dorit and PK are separated. I said, I don't know if they're divorced, but I've been told by many sources that they're living apart, that he's living in a hotel. I stand by that. I know that what happened was it got wild, wildly, widely reported yesterday in Us Weekly and all these places, different places, in touch, you know, whatever. And then People Magazine, they released a statement too today, and I'll pull it up because I don't have it off the top of my head, but they released a statement saying, you know, something along the lines of that we're working on it. There's no truth to our separation. There's no, we're not planning on getting divorced. Um, it's been a hard month or year. It's been a hard month. Okay, they've denied their separation amid challenging years. We remain committed. We are focused on healing, making changes, and doing the things that many couples have to do at some point in their marriage. Um, so they are saying that they're not separated. They're saying that we're united. Okay. 
Remember, Kyle and Mauricio also said that everything was fine before they announced that they were separated too. I think this is very, very clear that they're like, F. It came out, don't really know what to do, have to, you know, figure it out, have to figure out where I'm going to go or like uh, what we should do next. We have kids, et cetera. But I thought the most telltale sign was when Andy brought it up to Kyle and Teddy yesterday. So he basically says live on the Watch What Happens live show, someone asked, a caller asked, what do you uh, feel about it? Um, It was released today that they're getting separated. So I just want you guys to put yourself in this situation. Imagine that one of your best friends or one of your close friends who you think has a rock solid marriage and you know that there's not really any issues and you think they're completely fine and you find out live on TV from someone else that they've announced their separation. Your reaction wouldn't be like, wait, that came out today? Your reaction would be like, what? No, there is no, no way. They are completely fine. What? But their reaction was they looked at each other like it came out today. What? Okay. I'm going to tell you on good authority. This is a known thing in the housewives universe. Good authority. Trust me. Trust me. Okay. The housewives know about this. All of them know about it. And, um, and then. Andy was like, wait, so are you saying this is the first time that you've heard of this? And Kyle did the most obvious lie in the entire world by saying, yeah, with a smirk. So just so you know, Kyle can lie to us on camera. I just want you guys to remember that. So in case you're wondering if she's lying about anything else, I'm just saying it's, we cannot trust these people. We cannot trust these people. Is it possible that she's holding onto the Morgan Wade affair? She's holding onto the relationship through the season so that we all stay tuned, so that we all watch, and then it comes out towards the reunion or the finale. It's possible. It's possible. And Teddy, meanwhile, like just was shooting shots at Sutton and and honestly came off a little bit like a bully. And it was really strange to watch. And I don't feel like Andy had a lot of fun things to say about it. It was an odd one, um, but I'm happy that that finally, now we've gotten the ball rolling. I'm curious to know where it's going to go. And I really hope that we don't just see this like a vague, random Mauricio, Kyle, awkward, you know, relationship. I want them to just say it like it is. Yeah. I'm not happy with you. Yeah. I want to break up, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I question a lot of these women's characters and I think the most important thing is authenticity. And sometimes you say the unpopular thing like Erica Jane, but at least I think Erica Jane is exactly who she is. And I'd almost rather have a housewife that I don't like who is a hundred percent authentic than someone that I, that is likable, but is lying. So that's just kind of how I feel. So I gave you guys all my stuff. I gave you guys all my feelings. Thank you so much for all the lovely comments today about the the background. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Thank you so much for subscribing, all you new subscribers. So many live watchers. Make sure to like the show. And of course, follow along on Apple and Spotify and give me a lovely, lovely review over there. It helps so much, you guys. I hope you have an amazing Thursday and I'll see you tomorrow for our Friday episode. Bye, guys.